Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and today's topic is History's Top Scientist, Jonathan M.S. Pierce, Refutes Free Will. Um, I was surfing the internet um, some time ago, and um, about a month ago or so, and I happened upon his video. He was talking to um, a group from Southampton in uh, England, and um, Jonathan Pierce is a teacher from England. He, in November, he published a book called um, Free Will, question mark, an investigation into whether we have free will or whether I was always going to write this book. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. In preparation, like, once I found the video, I um, contacted him and asked him if I could present the video on the show. He said yes. So in preparation for the video, I hadn't read his book yet, so about... Um, about a couple of weeks ago or so, I um, I downloaded it to my Kindle, and here it is right now, right here. Um, I started reading it like a third of the way into it. He started getting into, into like some of the theological reasons why free will is impossible. I just like I felt this guy's a genius. This guy is absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, firstly, you know there are very few books. Um, refuting free will that have been written recently. I mean, some might go back um, decades, but Jonathan Pierce's book is far and away the the best book I've ever read. As a matter of fact, I was I was um, listening to it around three o'clock in the morning that day, and like I, just, I I'm on Facebook, so I just like rushed over to Facebook. Here's here's what I wrote. I said, "Wow, this is far and away the best refutation of free will available anywhere." I'm only a third of the way through it, and Jonathan Pierce wowed me so completely with his explorations of the theological implications of a free will that I find myself here past 3 a.m. telling the Facebook world about it. Um, Jonathan Pierce is quite possibly considering the importance of the question of human will to humanity's future, the quintessential genius not only of our time, but of all time. Anyone who doubts the importance of what he's done by explaining so completely and clearly why free will is an illusion might want to check out the quote by philosopher John Searle that I have opening the show. I know you've seen it you know, a few minutes ago. Um, Pierce's book communicates engagingly and intelligently in a style that the public and not just academics can understand and fully appreciate. Okay, um, basically yeah, the book is like... And so why do I say he's the... Um, He's the greatest genius of all time. Okay, well, um, the way I start each episode of the, of the show is it's an, um, a quote by an eminent philosopher. His name is John Searle. And he says um, <clears throat> about the prospect of free will being demonstrated to be an illusion. He said that would be a bigger revolution in our thinking than Einstein or Copernicus or N Newton or Galileo or Darwin. Then the other part of it that I don't ordinarily include in each episode, it's, he says after that, it would alter our whole conception of our relation with the universe. So, And this makes complete sense to me, because you have to realize, to the extent that humanity is completely, absolutely deluded about the very fundamental fact of why we do things, um, what Jonathan Pierce has done is that revolutionary. You know, um, you know Einstein, like Copernicus... These guys, like, did things. I'm not discounting their work, but you compare, like, you know, determining laws of physics, whatever, um, determining, let's say, that the Earth isn't the center of the solar system or the universe like Copernicus did, whatever, um, evolution. These, these are great things, but, like, to, to clearly and comprehensively and as, as, as well as Jonathan Pierce did um, 
basically demonstrates to the world that you know our 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 fundamental consciousness of why we do things is completely erroneous that trumps it you know because that that basically I've done shows on this re- that represents a new shift in human consciousness all right and you know like again um in terms of like this having been, this has been known by by the greatest scientists actually you know in his 1943 book physics and philosophy british physicist, astronomer, astronomer, and mathematician, Sir James Jeans writes the following, practically all modern philosophers of the first rank, Descartes, Spinoza, Leibniz, Locke, Hume, Kant, Hegel, Mill, Alexander, as well as many others, have been determinists in the sense of admitting the cogency of the arguments for determinism. Some of them, like Hume, um, weren't able to wrap themselves around that. They couldn't accept that fact. They, you know, they understood the logic, but they, they couldn't accept it. Still, that the important thing is they, they understood why free will has to be an illusion. Okay, um, and you know, they weren't able to end, end the deb- debate. Firstly, um, no, hysterical work, hyster- <laughs> no historical work um, matches uh, Pierce's brilliance. I mean, like, Pierce goes into the physics, the neurology, the psychology, and especially the theology. I mean, before reading his book, I've done, this is like, I think, show number 72 or so. This is show number 74. I mainly focus on the science, you know, because that's where the answer is. But Reading his book, it dawned on me that no, because 50% of Americans believe that there was an Adam and Eve and and Eve was like pulled out of the rib of of Adam and all, because people are very religious and believe a lot of the mythology in the Bible, it's very important to refute uh, free will from the standpoint of religion. And Pierce does it brilliantly, thoroughly. I mean, it's amazing. Okay, so um, another thing, you know, like... I, you know, I, I thought my meetup, like I, I started a meetup in, in April and I thought that, um, that it was going to, uh, I thought that it led to certain things. For example, April 2010 was when I started my meetup. April 2011, the British weekly science magazine, um, New Scientist, published the first ever co- cover story you know, by science, by any magazine, just refuting free will. And I thought, you know, my, my show had, or my... Um, Meetup had a lot to do with it. Well, you know, Pierce published his book in November of 2010. He's from England, so it, it stands more likely to reason that um, that New Scientist article was more of a direct consequence of his book, which which is excellent. Um, and in terms of like, you know, again, there's Sam Harris is another. Um, Sam Harris is a three-time best-selling New York Times author. He came out with his book in. Um, in March of 2012, just recently, and because of his book, I think, and because of Pierce's work and my work, I, I think, you know, Scientific American Mind, this month, June, um, May, June 2012, has it as its cover story, and again, that's a landmark um, episode, or a landmark um, issue. Okay, um, so anyway, uh, with that, let me, um, Pierce, um, Jonathan Pierce is talking to a group from Southampton, England, and um, and with that, let me show the clip, and I'll talk a bit about it uh, once I'm done. Okay, thanks.
it is looking after that. I think someone someone rushed off possibly on the bus right at that. Thank you very much for, for coming today um, and for inviting me as well. Um, who am I and what right do I have to speak to you? Um, basically, uh, five years ago I took up a teaching position and a friend of mine that was teaching, a very committed Christian and big sort of philosopher and thinker, and we got to dating as you do, and we sort of founded a group called the Tippling Philosophers. So we meet once a month in a club, very similar to a discussion group except we have people of differing worldviews, and we, we meet and we debate everything under the sun. And one of the things that, that we're keen to debate has often been sort of free will and whether it exists. I got so into that topic that I decided to research it and decided to write a book, um, and, uh, which, is, which is over there, and as a result, um, I've sort of changed my worldview by following the evidence, and I'd like to share that with you today. Um, it's a massive subject and it's been occupying people, thinkers' minds for thousands of years and I will inevitably have to rush through certain things because you could sit and debate very minor points and people do for, for hours and hours and days and books on end. But uh, I'll give you a rough overview of why I am a determinist and what it means and where you go from there. Just as a straw poll, I'd be interested to see who believes in free will at the moment? Put your hand up. We have free will. That, sorry, we have free will. Yes. Yeah, so sort of almost half to half. Yeah. So that's about half. Yeah, about half. That's interesting. Okay, so um, uh, three positions. There are three positions generally for whether you believe in free will or not. The libertarian believes not the political libertarian view, it's a belief that you have this, this sort of perfect version of free will. The determinist is the opposite, that everything is determined, and I'll talk about these positions, and the compatibilist believes a version of both of those two can exist, and they are compatible with each other. So, um, just start off with, with uh, libertarian. Um, libertarian believes that they have ownership over their decisions, and this is the really key point, is that the, the, it's called the principle of alternative possibilities, that you could have done otherwise. So if you're talking about any kind of decision, whether it be to pick up your mug of tea and take a sip, put it back down, at the point of picking that up, you could have not picked it up. If you went back in time, you could have done otherwise. And that's what that principle sets out. So that's what the libertarian believe in, in very sort of basic terms. The determinist, on the other hand, says that everything adheres to laws, natural laws, the laws of physics, biology, chemistry, clockwork, in a sort of way. These laws are deterministic, so the laws of cause and effect. So if something happens, it has, it has a cause. That cause is itself an effect of a previous cause, and so on and so on and so on like a string of dominoes. Um, everything that, has, that happens has conditions, which means nothing else could have happened. So this is denying that principle we talked about just then, principle of alternate possibilities. So going back to that time of picking up your mug of tea, actually, 
if you rewind to that moment, you always would have picked up that nugget of novelty. So the determinist beliefs de denies that you couldn't have not picked up that novelty. So you were always going to pick up that novelty. Back some time ago, Pierre Simon Laplace, a French sort of philosopher, um, had a sort of thought experiment that was later called Laplace's Demon. He said that you can imagine this entity that if it knew every variable in the universe, every little atom moving, knew every single law, could conceive of the whole of the universe as one big sort of um, mechanism playing out, it could predict the future, it could predict, if that entity knew everything, it could predict what would happen next. And this effectively sums up determinism, is that you could predict the future. I don't think you ever would be able to, but in theory, you could predict the future if you knew all the inputs, all the variables. So that's what the determinist believes. The compatibilist believes that determinism exists and free will exists, which is a bit odd. Believe that they're compatible. However, since often determinism is defined as a lack of free will, so how can you have a lack of free will and free will being compatible? Well, you can't really. So as a result, compatibilists redefine free will. It's a bit, 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 so I see it as a bit cheating. So free will as we know it then does not exist. So therefore, a, a compatibilist really determines. Free will is often seen, people like David Hume, famous philosopher from the Enlightenment period, Scottish philosopher, saw, and people like him, saw free will as, as as existing when an agent is not coerced. So if you had someone in prison and you're forcing them to do it, they obviously don't have free will. So a very sort of simplified version of free will. But then when they were able to, to um, make decisions, they had free will. But actually, really, humans are determinists. So a lot of people, a lot of philosophers that, that, that you might think believe in free will, really when you delve very deeply into it, don't. Um, and such philosophers like uh, Daniel Dennett, for example. Did someone have one of Daniel Dennett's book? I saw that, yeah. Is that Freedom of Volves? Yeah. So he's a, he's a compatibilist. He's a very famous philosopher. But he, he believes that they both exist. But really, he, he's often criticised for, for actually, he's not really a compatibilist because he really is a determinist, in effect. So it becomes a, a game of, of defining um, different terms. Let's look at statistics. Full Paper Survey was the biggest ever survey of philosophers in the world that's ever taken place in 2009. And if you ever need to find out what philosophers think, and you're on the internet, just put in Full Paper Survey results, and it's fascinating. All these questions, and you think, if you would like to know what most philosophers, you can never argue from what most people think, argumenting that popular is cool. It's a bit of a fallacy, but it's very interesting to know, well actually these people spend all their lives thinking about this, what do they think? You've got a very small minority libertarian, pretty much similar minority don't believe in free will. Some people believe in other crazy sort of things. Most people, most philosophers are compatibilists, but actually when you look at it, compatibilists don't believe in libertarian free will. They don't believe you can you could either pick up the tea or not pick up. They believe in determinism and a type of free will. But that free will is not the free will that you and I would normally think of on a daily basis. 
So really, these people are actually deterministic. So in fact, most philosophers, in some way, adhere to determinism. So after all these people, all the thinking and all the books and all the research, determinism is a prevalent position. So what's the evidence? Well, the philosophical evidence and the scientific evidence are the two main sort of sorts of evidence. Causality, cause and effect. We know, I know, if I pick this up and I drop it, it will fall down. You know, the cause and effect. The effect will happen from the cause and so on and so on. Things, you know, I don't pick this up and one day it floats upwards. If it does, there's a reason. And if we don't know the reason, it's because we just don't know enough about the whole system. So, causality. If something doesn't have a cause, and this is really important, if it doesn't have a cause, if something happens without a cause, then in effect it's random. And random is not the friend of anyone that believes in free will. If something's random, you can't control it. So you, if, even if it's a random computation in your brain that allows you to have free will, that doesn't really allow you to have free will because you can't control that random. You don't have ownership over that decision. So random, and that, if, if, you, if anyone wants to talk about quantum physics and stuff like that, it doesn't actually help free will. Um, so, and Dennett says this, Dennett says, a free will decision actually needs determinism. It actually needs a cause. So if you don't have a cause for a decision, then you're just committing a random act. So then, we look at, well, causes and reasons are themselves determined. So we're back to this notion of determinism. So when you're thinking of, why should I pick up that cup of tea, all those reasons are what make you who you are. All that learning, all your life, up to the point, up to that very point that you now no longer have control over. The point of picking that up, you decide to pick it up because you are who you are. And that is outside of your control at that point. You decide to do that because of what we'll come on to in a minute called the causal circumstance. So, it takes for us to have free will. A lot of people want to have free will because it, it makes life easier. Our society relies on free will. Judgment relies on free will. That doesn't mean we should definitely believe it because that's called an argument from desire. Just because you want something to be true should not make it be true. So I would, like, I would like free will to exist. I don't believe in free will, but it would make life so much easier. And you, you know, society would exist as it does now, under the impression that we have free will, except there really would be free will. So we have to be the originator of a causal chain. If you think of this chain of dominoes, I pick up tea because of, because of this, and I do that because of this, and I do that because of this. At some point, you as a human have to stop that chain. And by stopping that chain, you are being the originator of that causal chain, which means that decision comes from you. And you can't give a further reason back. It's like an infinite regress. Determinists believe that you can keep doing that until you get to the Big Bang, or whatever version of creation you have. So in effect, when you say, why did that happen? Well, you could say, you know, why, why did... Um, why did this piece of paper drop on the table? Well, because I picked it up. Why did you pick it up? Because of this. Why did you do that? Because of this. Why did you do blah, 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 blah. 
the Big Bang. And that's really what determinism is all about. So that's a massive long causal chain. Um, so, the libertarian free will has to have an originator to this causal chain, but it's very hard to actually give any evidence for that. So, libertarian free will is very difficult to argue for, and there's not, not a lot of evidence, well, there's no evidence really, and there's no mechanism. Lots of people believe it because they want to believe it, but you say, well, give me a mechanism how you can freely decide to do something and not something else. And actually, it's very difficult to find that mechanism. Okay, well, um, I hope you enjoyed the clip. Um, so let me just briefly um, review what, what Jonathan Pierce said. He starts out basically uh, presenting the three basically traditional categories in this thinking in philosophy. Uh, he starts out with the libertarian view. Uh, there's libertarian, compatibilist, and determinist. Uh, libertarians are an interesting group of philosophers. You know, in all honesty, they can't be very bright because, like, what happens is they, they base their, um, their belief in free will in the notion that we could have done otherwise. If any time we make a decision, think a thought, you know, do anything, we could have done otherwise. And they call this the principle of alternative possibilities. Now, the thing is, they, um, they start from that premise, you know, and, and they're, they're starting from that premise thinking that, well, we must have a free will because of that. Then, because of that, they attempt to, they don't believe in, free, in determinism. They, they don't believe that things have causes. And again, I have to question their intelligence profoundly because anyone, you know, you know I've done shows on this. There are people who get through school, through thinking, through logic, through understanding what they're reading and, and you know, just basically going for, as that, you know, as the premise. Then there are apparently, quite obviously, people who get through school, not through logic, but through simply reading what others have said, not really understanding it all so well, because anyone who understands this issue would understand completely that free will is impossible. And then they simply recite, you know, um, what, what they've read. So again, the libertarian position is they, they start out with the premise, well, because we have, could have done otherwise, you know, we can have free will, and then they argue against that. Just briefly, um, to, the, the idea is like the only way we could have done otherwise in anything, any kind of decision we make, is if the universe would have been different. And that's impossible. And that's why they don't get, and that's why I have to say they, they can't be all that intelligent. You know, that's, you know it's, it's just too simple. Okay, so, um, so basically, so they, they believe in free will. They, they understand at least that free will and determinism are incompatible. They, they, they at least get that, you know, if everything has a cause, then free will must, um, um, if everything has a cause, <laughs> then uh, determinism must rule the universe. They get that. But from there, they say, well, um, since they believe in free will, then, then apparently, no, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> they believe... Um, since they believe that free will must be true, then they go from there to, to concluding, well, if free will is true, then, then everything doesn't have a cause. And the absurdity to that conclusion is like, the, the, the idea that things happen without a cause, it's, it's just incoherent. Nothing can happen without a cause. It just it doesn't make sense. Further than that, in order to, to take to like, if there was a free will, 
You know, in other words, if we're going to account, um, if we're going to like attribute our decisions, our acts to ourselves, there would have to be determinism. In other words, we would have to be the cause of them. So anyway, um, so that's the libertarian position. The next one Pierce goes into is um, determinism, um, which is like, it's the basic law of physics. It's like causality governs the universe. If there was no determinism, if there was no causality, everything would be frozen you know, still, and, and, you know, motionless. Nothing could happen because things have to have causes. That's how the, the universe evolves from moment to moment to moment. Okay, so um, basically determinism understands that, and determinism um, understands that because everything have, has a cause, free will must absolutely be um, impossible, absolutely impossible. Uh, so it denies the principle of alternative possibilities. And the basic, um, it's framed you know, most classically by this guy, Simon Laplace. And he basically says that if, if there was intelligence vast enough to take into, into account all the motions, all the particles, all the forces, all the laws of nature, to that intelligence, both the past, the present, and the future would be completely known. This is known as like Laplace, Laplace, Laplace's demon. And I have a feeling, you know, just because they use the word demon, I have a feeling that was framed by Laplace's uh, detractors, people who didn't believe it. So because like when you think about it, theologically, if you define God as omniscient, then God would be that, um, that intelligence. Or if you want to define the universe as like, being conscious of itself, that's the way I do it, actually, because like, if, the, if the universe is going to, um, going to govern everything, if the laws of nature are going to apply everywhere, that means the universe has to be conscious of everything. So that would, that would mean it would be you know, all-knowing, omniscient. All right, we are running out of time. Just very quickly, the compatibilist pos- uh, position doesn't really make that much sense at all. It basically says that um, both determinism and free will is true. Um, how do they say that? Well, they, it's essentially what in philosophy is known as a straw man argument. They basically change the definition of free will. They, uh, some of them say, well, free will is like having the will we want. In other words, if we can want what we want to want, then we have free will. What they miss... Uh, and this this compatibilist position is actually even more illogical than the libertarian. But what they miss out is like even if you get, if you get what you want, if you get the will you want, that will would have to have a cause. Okay. Uh, so then Pierce, you know, he goes on to like go through a survey of the philosophers, then the philosophical evidence, which is basically. The important point here is that causality refutes free will, but the only alternative to causality is randomness. There is no third alternative, so randomness refutes free will even po- more strongly than causality, because if our, our thoughts were happening randomly without no cause at all, they certainly couldn't be attributed to a free will. All right, well, that is all we have time for today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into the next part of it. This is a four-part series. I'll go into the next one on the next episode. Thanks for watching.